recorded live. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. Um, all right, so this is this TalkShoe.com uh, software that actually works works pretty well for the most part and will allow us to record uh, to this conversation. So this is now recording, uh, and so we can uh, we can get started with the with our discussion. So um, so maybe just to start off with, if if you if you both don't mind, maybe just introducing yourself. Uh, maybe anything about the organization, how long you've been there, anything else that you'd like to provide as introduction. Okay, I'm Wanda Davis, the executive director of the Ashbury Senior Computer Community Center. Uh, we actually, uh, I'm one of the founders, and we started the uh, program in October of 2002. And our mission is to uh, definitely to uh, help to close the digital divide in our inner city and, and outer ring suburb areas uh, in greater Cleveland. Uh, we've had uh, pretty good success in getting um, local uh, grant funding to assist us with this project. And, um, uh, and again, it's been a challenge, of course, of trying to stay funded because that's one of the main things. It seems like computer funding is, is not training especially is not available uh, mm-hmm. as readily as we'd like it to be. But operating on a basic shoestring budget, uh, we've managed to uh, train over uh, 5,000 people within that time span mm. from October 2002 up until the present time. Uh, so, And as we uh, uh, began the program, our main goal was training uh at, but once we uh, were into the project we found that uh internet connectivity was a main obstacle also far as folks actually um accepting and adopting to uh the technology world so then we became a twofold mission to not only uh, get people trained to be included but also to get them into uh try to help them find low cost internet services they connected mhm mhm that's great. Um, thank you. Uh, James, did you want to introduce yourself as well? Sure. My name is James Seward, and I've been here with the Ashbury Center since 2003. Started out as a student, taking computer classes, and have, has worked my way up to technology instructor and program assistant. And uh, it's just been a great journey for me to be able to give back to the community to try to help people in the community get Internet services because uh, it's just become such a part of everyone's life now that it's almost impossible to function without it. And I just want to add in James' introduction that he came to us as a director of a social program uh, that he was uh, managing before the program, uh, the funding was lost. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so, so what would you say then that your organization's strategy is for increasing home broadband adoption in in the Cleveland area? Our, our strategy um, has to include training. Uh, our, our the first thing we do is to get our participants in, give them training on the equipment that we have here in the center and then get them used to using community, uh, technology to communicate 
and to um, access uh, the Internet. And then once we get them trained where they understand how much uh, of a quality that knowing how to use technology adds to their life, then uh, they're ready to adapt to using technology. And then from that point, uh, we try to work with them uh, with their budget and see uh, without getting too personal because that's not our Mm -hmm. expertise uh, to get them a low-cost service. Uh, Fortunately, and when our program started, uh, we didn't have any access, but as we moved through and became uh, part of the One Community Connect Your Community project under the Mm -hmm. list with Obama, uh, we were able to, through that program, able to connect with AT&T, and a lot of our participants were able to receive um, Internet connectivity at no cost for a couple of years, and that was uh, 2010 through uh, the program ended in 2013. Mm. So that was pretty good. Um, other than that, we had to just try to work with them. Uh, most of them had to try to connect with our area retail uh, the Time Warners and, of course, AT&T's retail side and any of the others, mm-hmm. um, and which meant that they would, you know, a lot of them would be on this month and off the next. Um, since that time, we've been able to connect with, through one community, a uh, program called Mobile Citizen, mm-hmm. and uh, their low cost is $10, has been $10 a month, and for the last three years, we've been able to help our participants connect with that. A lot of our participants don't receive uh, food stamps. I guess it's not food stamps anymore, SNAP, or some of the other governmental programs that allow them to be eligible through life. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was fortunate that we had mobile citizens so that we can also help those that don't receive those but are still considered in a poverty level uh, obtain Internet service also. And so, and I understand that um, you know, mobile citizen is going through a transition right now, so that it's um, you know, the program is, is somewhat on hold. Uh, I guess that's an understatement. Um, can I ask how do you have a sense of how many people that you've been able to connect just through the mobile citizen program since you started? Do you have those any sense of that? Oh uh, yes. Well, you know we. Uh, just for the Ashbury Center alone, we took over this service uh, just about a year and a half uh, ago, maybe 15, 20 months close. Mm-hmm. And just for us, for that time period, we've connected uh, over four, or 500 folks in just that time period. That's great. So, yeah, That's, we're, and, and those are participants that usually come through our program, and like I say, they have no other alternative. So, it- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask. So, have you been um, working sort of as a as a reseller then with Mobile Citizen? So, you know, allowing people to pay in cash at your facility, or how how do you allow people to pay okay. for the devices and for the service? Okay, yeah, we have been working as a reseller, and all everything we do is online. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, we actually have them their initial purchase is through money order only Okay. for our system. So they'll come to the Ashbury Center and they'll pay with the money order for their initial services, a prepaid, and they would pay for their modem and a year of service, uh, which was a total of $175. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Okay, and through that way, we were connecting out to an average of 20 folks per month. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. more and sometimes a little less, but on the average of that because, again, we're not retail. And uh, that worked very well for us. And then once they became a, 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 one of, a client of ours, then when their renewal would come through, we had a program set up through our PayPal service where they would pay on, prepay online. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah, Mobile Citizen worked out a program where they could pay for six months at a time instead of a full year. This has afforded our participants to stay connected. And most of them uh, that we connected, they stayed, if they signed up, they paid for that first year, most of them, I would say at least 75% of them, stay connected and they renew for the six months or for the following year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those have been the two options, the six months or one year? Yes. And how much has the modem costed in that 175? Modem uh, during that period was 120. No, just the modem. Just the the modem. service is 120, and then the modem was uh, 55. 55. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, 75% of the people. I mean, that's really great. I mean, I've I've heard. You know, I've been talking with. As I said, I've been talking with folks all over the country, and the mobile citizen program has just been really extraordinary, really wonderful for people. Yeah, it's really fantastic. It, it's been very, very, very successful for us here, you know, for the, especially for the, the folks that we serve that need the service, you know. You, you always right. have some drop-off, but uh, for the most part, uh, and, and, and keeping in mind that we really don't make a profit, the center doesn't. We have a, just a small little administrative fee, but Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no financial, really no financial gain for us, but it's the fact that we're keeping the folks we train connected. So how, let's see, so can you walk me through sort of a, a typical, um, you know, transaction when, when it was, because I imagine, have you put, put this on hold at this point until the transition finishes? Uh, yeah, everything is on hold. Um if you were one of our clients and your renewal period has ended, then uh, when you go to renew online, because when once you make your purchase, we automatically give you documentation to tell you how to renew your service. So okay. we'll go online to renew. We have a statement there uh, letting you know about the transition and the fact that you cannot renew at this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that is working. Uh, we have some folks that you know really get upset about it because they can't renew, uh, and we. Yeah. So what we're doing now is we're referring them to uh, everyone on. But okay. Everyone on, you know, they still have to, of course, buy another modem because they don't. They're not tactile. Right. Do a conversion and switch over. And so a lot of them are choosing to just wait to see if and when we're going to come back up. Yeah. Yeah, and are you hearing um are you hearing a November date for the transition to be complete or what what are you hearing at this point? What I'm hearing at this point is that Mobile Citizen will be totally disconnected as mm. of November 1. 
I don't wow. have any news as to when Mobile Citizen will come back up as Sprint and allow our service to continue. They may come back up with retail, uh, but as far as special programming for the constituents we serve, I'm not so sure. There's nothing new on that. Oh, boy. So potentially those 400 people will have to look for a new option? Uh, yes. And even more than the 400 people, uh, the 400 people are the new people that we uh, were actually, uh, that we actually, that Ashbury actually signed up new. We have probably close to 1,000 people that tried to renew. 1,000? In a month's time, we would have anywhere from uh, 40 to 80 people renewing, some for a year and then some for uh, six months. Hmm. Well, that number changes drastically on the renewal part. So, so just just so I can get some of the numbers straight, so there are 400 people that you've been able to sign up over the past year and a half. Is that right? Yes. Okay. But then I, the 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 thousand. Where does that number come from again? I'm sorry. Okay. I, well. The way this whole thing started, we were with one community. In, in the beginning of my conversation, I told you about our Connect Your program. Yeah, a lot of names of different programs, yeah. <laughs> well, we were with Connect Your Community, a project of one community. That's right, okay, yeah. Okay. And one of the basic outcomes from one community was this relationship that was established through Mobile Citizens. Ah, okay. In that program. Okay. Okay, and then once the Connect Your Community One Community program had ended, they needed a uh, a a agency to transfer this mobile citizen service to. And okay. Ashbury being one of the prime leaders of our Connect Your Community program, they asked us to step up, and so we did. I see. Okay. And and so was it transitioning from the AT&T program or, or just from a different no. uh, okay. low cost? So, so through the the uh one community through the Connect Your Community One Community program, we had AT&T as an option first. Okay. Mm-hmm. First year and a half AT&T was very very, um, I'd say, agreeable, and they were looking okay. up to a program that had been started through Cleveland Housing Network, and so, but that ended. Okay. So that ended, and that was that would have ended in 2012, 11. Okay. Yeah. So that ended. So before that had ended, one community has had established its relationship with Mobile Citizens. I see. Okay. Okay, and then from that program, probably over 2,000 people at that time here in the city of Cleveland had mm. signed up. Wow. Okay, okay. and then once yep. the transition transferred from one community to Ashbury, we signed up an additional uh, 400 folks. I see. Okay, thank you so much for just explaining that. That's very helpful. Okay. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, I think a lot of people right now are really just sort of wondering what's going to happen uh, next, which is which is really too bad. I mean, it really does sound like 
you know, mobile citizen, again, it's just, you know, such a great option. It was, you know, flexible, more flexible than some of the other programs like the Comcast Internet Essentials and, some, you know, some of the some of the other programs out there. So, you know, I really hope that, I mean, certainly in, the, in this Benton report, you know, it's really helpful to have your experiences uh, included so we can really hear from, you know, the organizations who are trying to connect people in the community with low-cost Internet. And, and it just sounds like, you know, it's a great program, but, you know, it's, it, it's very disruptive right now for, for the, a lot of people out there. So. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so talking more, maybe a little bit more broadly about your organization, um, you've talked about some of the partnerships so far, some of the relationships that you have with other groups in, in Cleveland. Um, can you, who else in, in your community uh, has been really helpful, essential, in terms of uh, increasing home broadband adoption? Oh, well, we, have, we actually worked with six partners in our area with, with our Connect Your Community program, and it was like the, the couple of the community development agencies, which would be Cleveland Housing Network, uh, Fairfax, not Fairfax, yeah, it is Fairfax. Yeah, Fairfax, yeah, Fairfax Renaissance. Uh, yeah, Flamico Foundation. Uh, we even worked with uh, Kyle Hogger Community College mm-hmm. and, and, um, Esperanza. and Esperanza. So there were six of us joined together in attacking <clears throat> the uh, broadband adoption through our Connect Your Community program. And those agencies, uh, they're still, we're still interrelated, but even though Ashbury is the main unit right now that has mm-hmm. continued with the uh, broadband adoption. But the referrals still come from all those agencies. Okay, okay. That's great. And and were you also involved with the BTOP program while that was happening? Yeah, that's what it was, the BTOP. Okay. So did, did a lot of these relationships begin around BTOP, or had you already had these uh, relationships? We're fortunate enough that we already had these relationships and continue them today. That's great. Uh, like I say, they they continue to refer uh, folks to us that need internet connectivity, mm-hmm. and since we were still uh, in um, uh, providing that service, and uh, they also still continue continue to help with different aspects of uh, training. Mhm. That's wonderful. That's great. Um, you know, and, and also I should probably ask you in terms of the uh, of the population that you serve. I know that you are a senior uh, organization that you're you're focused on helping seniors, but I know that Angela also said that you um, and correct me if we're both wrong here that that you've had to to extend your mission in some sense to reach other uh, other populations in the community beyond uh, the senior population. Is that is that correct? Oh, yeah, that's correct. Our initial mission was uh, seniors, uh, but the community, the demand from the community, of course, guides your any business or any nonprofit. And uh, we have kept it with mature adults, so we start with uh, 17-year-olds and above is our Mm. primary target. And then we do special programming for the youth in the summer. Oh, that's great. Um, one of the things, because I, I was really curious to ask you about a certain population, specific population that is sort of like 50 plus, 
sort of in between maybe 50 to 65 that um, I've, it's been really interesting to me as I've been traveling across the country, notice that there's been a certain group that has been recently unemployed, um, you know, sort of a little bit, a little bit later in life, not quite at retirement age or even senior retirement ages, I guess, really up for grabs in terms of what that even is these yeah. days. But, but you know, the not yet 65, but 50 plus, there's a very big group of people who are unemployed, who need work, and they need computer skills, and they need internet access. And I'm wondering, have you seen that population at all come through your doors? Uh, yeah, actually, that's a good question. Uh, again, I say our target population was um, seniors, which was 60 and up, um, uh, and which we were getting quite a few of those. But here lately, within the last couple of years, and as we have uh, talked about, the, the age has dropped down, not even not just 50, but even 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Folks have had to retool and reskill uh, to obtain jobs. And, and so we have seen a big increase in, in that age range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's definitely it's very significant from from what I'm seeing, and it really it raises a lot of questions about um, you know making sure that there are supports in place for you know helping people at, at that age group as well, um, and particularly with the digital inclusion centers that are they're doing this great work. So uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for that. Um, the, another question I had was, um, are you? How is your local government being supportive, if at all, uh, in your efforts? Or do you connect with your your city or state governments at all? Oh, I can say that um, they are supportive. Um, they want to, you know, they want to ensure that we have um, a digital uh, city and state. Um, mm-hmm. Funding-wise, we've been fortunate enough that we have our local councilman that has believed in the training that we do here at the Ashbury Center, and mm-hmm. we're in Ward 9 in the city of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Our councilman is Councilman Kevin Conwell. And with his social budget, even though it's cut short, he has provided us a a a small grant every year for the 13 years that we've been in training. So we commend mm-hmm. him for that. That's great. Uh, yeah, and so that's been wonderful coming from our local councilman. Uh, uh, we were fortunate enough in 2005 under Jane Campbell, uh, mm-hmm. our mayor at that time. Uh, she was had the Empowerment Zone uh, grant, which she allowed a portion of that to assist us in training and uh, expanding our computer center at that time. Mm. And uh, and then as she left office, uh, the administration that we have now, uh, uh, they have have not put out any dollars, even though, uh, you know, the uh, administration has has definitely stated that uh, digital inclusion is part of the mission. But we mm. haven't been able to get any more dollars besides from what our councilman has given. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Do you see that there's opportunities in the future to perhaps, you know, see if there might they might, you know, continue that those contributions and that support, or you just it's sort of a work in progress? Um, uh, the the councilman has has uh, actually uh, told me in his own words that as long as he is councilman, he will continue to support 
our, our program, and we, he has actually, and we're on the east side of Cleveland, and then the uh, one of the other councilmen, councilman, uh, Brian Cummings, in Ward 14, has actually uh, allowed his uh, funding from his social services award for us to have classes, training classes over there to help us with the mission. Oh, great. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, so it is growing. Uh, mm-hmm. We're hoping that it continues to grow. We'd love to have the complete council aboard. And even though a couple of councils uh, are doing some other things that are related to uh, digital uh, inclusion, uh, those two are the only two that I know of that are direct besides uh, Councilman Kelly, which actually gave a lot of his support to uh, have a wireless community in his area. Mm. So wow. There's three of them that are doing direct or direct funding. Wow, that's that's pretty that's wonderful. Are there, you know, probably more than a lot of communities across the US. That's that's wonderful to have that consistency and 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 breadth of, of support. So that's really great. Yeah. Um in terms I just have a few more questions. Is that okay? Do you have a few more minutes? Yes, we do. James okay. is here with me. Okay, great. Wonderful. Um, thank you. Um, so one question, uh, another question that I have is around evaluation. I know you had to probably do a lot of reporting for, for BTAP, I'm sure. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to know, just sort of broadly speaking, for your organization, how are you evaluating uh, the work that you do, in particular if there's anything related to, you know, home broadband adoption? You know, how are you measuring success? Uh, well, whenever uh, anyone comes in, we always do a pre-survey, mm-hmm. uh, and the only ones that we can measure is is pretty much our own uh, clients that also go through training. And so we do a pre-survey uh, and and um, to see where they are if they have home internet, and and then after they go through a eight-week training, those that, when they answer the question, those that don't have service, then we'll, that's when we'll intervene and ask them, uh, you know, are they interested in having service, and uh, uh, and then we help them to get low-cost service. Um, as far as those, now that we have the, the availability of our um, uh, PayPal service, our renewal service, uh, we mm-hmm. keep track of those that who renew. Uh, so oh, that's great! Yeah, because through the renewal process, and like I say, we have from 35 to 40 to maybe sometimes 80 folks a month renewing. Mm-hmm. We're able to track. Uh, that's how we know that you know our percentage of 75% of them are staying connected because of our renewal process. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm, that's very helpful. I'm sure. Um, and also, uh, you know, and I'm sure you're counting. Uh, you know, numbers of people who come through the door taking classes and, and, you know, through these, through surveys like that. Have you, has your organization uh, been able to develop anything like a, you know, an outcomes-based evaluation model, like a logic model or, you know, something that sort of, that articulates a theory of change that says, you know, in terms of the outcomes, improved quality of life, um, you know, things that are able to measure over time. Can you repeat that one for me? I want to grab another phone or was something beeping? Something was beeping while you were talking. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah, I'm hearing you now. We're going to try and switch phones and make sure it wasn't our phone, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, I have to go get to the wire section. Okay. Hello? Hello? Yeah? I can hear you. Okay, just a moment. Where's that okay. Yeah. Hold on a moment. Let me get the okay. volume up. Okay, say something. Okay, can you hear me? No, this one's not working. Go get the one on your side. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to try another one. <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> That one. Hi there. Got it open. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Say something, Colin. Can you hear me now? Hello? Should I keep talking? Yeah, keep talking. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Okay. okay. Sounds, sounds okay? Yeah. Great. Um, so I was just asking about your uh, another question about evaluation and whether you had uh, any kind of an outcomes-based evaluation framework that you use, like a logic model or anything else like that. Uh, pretty much, we work with the through the uh, um, the model that uh, uh, Bill Callahan had actually. I think he sent one out. Oh, and uh, okay. he's been very instrumental in uh, keeping up with um, uh, evaluation matrix and assisting us in um, measuring, you know, our um, uh, folks that are still staying uh, connected and actually using some of the information that's come from um, statistics uh, from Pew and, you know, the other um Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, evaluation uh, companies that exist. Uh, we did do one um, through our One Community program, and I think they uh, did evaluation of maybe, I think, 2,000 of our folks oh, wow. here in, in Cleveland. And uh, from the beginning of the program, the different questions of did they have uh, broadband or did, and um, when they started the program, and if not, did they obtain it? And then uh-huh. they asked them different questions on how did it improve their quality of life, did they use different mm, jobs. Okay. And so uh, we're fortunate enough to be connected with that type of a survey. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really great. Um, do you have anything that you would be able to share in terms of not the data, but just in terms of the, um, you know, like a mo- like a one-page model or description that just shows how you're evaluating what what you evaluated, or does Bill have something like that? Yeah, Bill does, and he'll assist us with that. Okay. um, Okay, that's great, because, you know, one of the things is that, you know, and also on the NDIA listserv, I think we've been talking about some of that, or, or folks have been talking about it, because, you know, a lot of the people that I've mentioned don't have anything like that, and you know, the, the the GAO and other, uh, you know, government and foundations, you know, are really looking 
for that type of a framework to be able to articulate a theory of change uh, yeah. that is that is more broad than counting numbers of, of things. And so I think it's wonderful that you've already done that work because I, if and if it's possible that you'd be willing to share something that's more, you know, very generalized, not not specific, you know, not revealing too much specific information, but if possible, it would be extremely helpful, I think, for other uh, organizations that are trying to do digital inclusion. Uh, okay, yeah. That, yeah, that is that would be very helpful for for other folks as well as it helps us also. We also okay. are having another uh, evaluation uh, doing with the outside organization we're working with with our Marchite program, and we're collecting the data and then they're analyzing it for us. So that should oh, be available great. coming up uh, probably like late October. So I'm sure, and and Bill is assisting us with that also, and and that's why we're Ashbury is so fortunate to have um, uh, folks that are experts in areas where we're not to work with us so that we can obtain that kind of information. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. That's great. Well, thank you. I'll um, I'll also follow up with Bill okay. uh, as well as we, uh, after the call, that that would be great. I'll, maybe I'll copy copy you both on it and, and we'll see if we can go forward with that. But that, that's really helpful. That's wonderful. Um, so uh, so I just have two, two last questions, which <laughs> is that, uh, the first one is around uh, sustainability. I'm sure you've, you might have gotten asked this question before. But I'm um, just wondering sort of, you know, today in 2015, post-BTOP and, and everything, how how is your organization thinking about the sustainability of your, particularly around your broadband adoption work? Oh. <laughs> well, uh, from our end, uh, again, our main our main thing in the beginning was training. Mm-hmm. Now, we and I personally feel that as long as we can continue to train folks and let them understand the value of internet connectivity has on their own individual life, then we can show them why uh, broadband adoption is is best for them. Mm-hmm. We have folks that. Just, just to name the things, they're telephone dependent for through the internet. Their mm-hmm. medical devices are dependent. Their medical communications with the doctors are are dependent upon their uh, internet connectivity. Mm-hmm. We have folks that you know that are going to school. The schools are have more online uh, requirement. The colleges as well as the mm-hmm. you know high schools and even right. the uh, secondary schools. Right. Our GED preparation in Ohio is online. Wow. Everything is online. And then uh, we have small businesses that, you know, folks come to us through training and once they get training, they start mm-hmm. little small businesses, and it's online. Everything is online. So uh, it's um, we understand that training folks to use technology and be able to access it is very, very important, you know. The training aspect mm-hmm. is just as important as them being able to be have access to the Internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They won't understand what the Internet, you know, the value of the Internet if they're not trained to use it. All of our government services here in the state of Ohio, you know, local, state, and countywide, you know, a lot of things you have to access through the Internet. Mm-hmm. We have to teach our, you know, and that's part of what that's what we do. 
we teach them how to access these agencies and how to go through their websites because a lot of them are very difficult. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't have any skills as far as maneuvering through a website, you know, then it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you won't use it. So that is, and so we know that that will help sustain us. The training, especially, and then once we get folks trained, we're one hundred percent sure that eighty-nine to ninety percent of them will, will adapt and will stay connected. Mm. That's that's great. Yeah, that that's great. That definitely, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it seems like it's working pretty well, which is wonderful. Um, you know, and then really the the last question that I have, you know, really for both of you, since you've both been, you know, working on this for really quite some time, is, you know, what have you learned yourselves from participating in, in these digital inclusion activities in your community? Want to start, James? Yeah, start. <clears throat> I really just learned how important the, the Internet is in everybody's life. I never would have believed before we even started this that all these areas that Dave has just mentioned were connected with the Internet because, uh, you know, I'm like a lot of the people who serve. I just thought the Internet was just emailing people, but I see that it's Mm -hmm. much more than that, much way much more than that. And, you know, I've even learned how to navigate through websites, you know, and what to look for. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. an education experience for me also. And I was Wonderful, just, thank you. Yeah, for me, um, you know, of course, for all of us, uh, continued education throughout our lifetime is vital. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with the way the technology is growing, I mean, it's continuous beyond, you know, what we even train to here at the center. We still, you know, we train to just basics, getting them to understand what technology is all about and how to use it, you know, just demystifying the use of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even grown further than that. And it's steadily growing of all the different things that we'll be able to do as technology is improved. It's essential. It's become uh, almost like a, another utility and a requirement for uh, everyone's everyday life. So that's one of the things I've gained, the fact that, you know, this thing is, is like a utility. We need it to communicate with the folks that we have to communicate with every day. Yeah. You know, we can see that, uh, you know, when you make a phone call to an in the, any institution, you're going to get a, a, a most of 90% of the time a, a voicemail now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you send it an email or writing, you'll get a response back quicker. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's the reality of it. So, um but it's here, you know, we realize that it's here. Like James said, we all thought it was just going to be a phase, but it's here, yeah. it's growing, and it's, it's uh, a lot more than we all, you know, thought about. But we do know one of the main things that I emphasize with the Benton Foundation and any other foundation, we have to keep training as a part if we want full adoption in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Is is there anything else that you'd like to uh to tell me for the for the study or, or in general? Uh we need for, more money if you can help with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
as I said, I'm just a messenger, but at the same time, I hope you that, you know. Word. Yeah, put in a good word. <laughs> Jack, yeah. I put in a good word. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That for the study, and I know if, if folks around uh, the country that you're working with, there's mm-hmm. a lot of us that are doing this work, but it needs to be more. Um, I think in our area we may have a center like ours in three or four of the wards, but it, it needs to be across the whole city, across the county, across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the libraries are doing the best that they can with the funding that they have, Right. But there's just so many more underserved folks that we have to reach. Yeah. You know, and so that would be my um, thing is that we have a lot of folks that we're not reaching yet, and somehow we need to find a way to reach them. We need to keep a low-cost service or, like I say, this thing has become a utility bill that people can afford. Uh, mm-hmm. So if we can find a way where we have access for all, it would be ideal for me, and then we can concentrate on training dollars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I... be asking those folks for $10 a month for access, I can say, well, can you afford $10 a month for training? <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right, because that's an additional cost. That's right. Yep. So... But uh, that would be it. You know, I, I, we, uh, James and I, as we say, you don't get rich doing this work. You have to have a love for the community that you yeah. serve and for the individuals you serve. And that's our major uh, reason for continuing and trying to sustain. We we uh, turn over every rock. We do uh, fundraisers, uh, you know, private fundraisers through the agency mm-hmm. and uh, everything we can to raise the funds to keep the cost free. Uh, for our folks and give them the training and then uh, assist them in adapting uh, to um, broadband. Because the classes are free, is that correct? Yeah, our first beginning class is free, totally. Okay. Uh, And then if they can't come to class, we have open lab hours, and if it's just something we need to help them with, um, then we do that in our open lab time. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just Internet connectivity and through our mobile citizen, if it ever gets back, uh, right. And we allow through our open lab time for folks to come in and get connected. Again, we don't sell retail, so they mm-hmm. have to have some affiliation with one of our agency partners. Oh, and while you know, while we're talking about that, do you do you have any flyers, any digital versions of any flyers that advertise your digital literacy classes or your home broadband adoption programs that I could uh, that maybe you could send me? Oh, yeah, I'll send you one that when we were soliciting, uh, again, you know, right now we're on hold, but I'll send you what we were using. Okay, that would be great. Yeah, that would be really helpful. Okay. Um, Wonderful. Okay, well, you know, thank you so much for taking the time. It was really a a pleasure to talk with you both. And, uh, you know, as I said, I hope I can come visit sometime. I can meet you in person, but I really appreciate your time. No problem. Yeah, I hope you can make it. That would be a good thing for you and Angela to travel a little bit around and, you know, do a follow-up with a couple of the agencies, that would be great. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Okay, well, so I'm going to send you, you so the, um, the consent form. Uh, we're sending you a copy of our flyer, and then we're going to email, you're going to email Bill and request our evaluation on how we did that, right? Yeah, that's right. And then I had, uh, just before we got on the call, there's um, just one other little email if if you don't mind sending to the IRB here at OU, which it, and I I 
You can literally copy and paste. <laughs> yeah, if you just copy and paste, that's great. Thank you so much. I did that one, yeah, while I was making Oh, okay. Thank you. Copy. Thank you. Yeah, I did that for you. Okay. Well, good. very good, Colin. I'm glad that uh, we were able to get, you know, this conversation. It was wonderful talking with you also. Oh, it was great talking with you. Okay, well, you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, okay take care. Bye-bye. Bye.